Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas, Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren. And this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 289, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertain people. And man, were we ever tonight as we record this immediately following the Dallas Cowboys' first win of the season. A game that you and I both thought the Bengals would win easily. As a matter of fact, I don't know that I saw anybody that picked the oh, Dallas I Cowboys to win. Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News picked him to win. Oh, look at him. I'm reading his book right now. Are you now? Yeah, I am indeed. All right, maybe we'll have him on to talk about it. Maybe we should, because so far, I mean, I've I've been enjoying it. But we can get to that in in a bit, because we've got a lot to get to with the Cowboys' win at home on the last second field goal over Cincinnati, 20-17. to But before we dive into that, Greening Law, my friends, maybe it was the weekend it happened to you. If somebody ran a light and smashed into you, and now... Your world is just, what am I going to do? My back is killing me. My neck's hurting. I've got all these things, these phone calls. The first phone call you need to make is to Greening Law. Let the green team bring you on. And again, it's a free consultation. So you, can, you get to call them for free, tell them what happened to you, and then they'll, they'll go through that with you. And if you have a case, they'll bring you on. It's free to find out. No, all you need to do if you're ever in that situation, trust me, is just pick up the phone, call 972-934-8900, tell them your situation, and then watch them help you. I mean, that you know, Matt can tell you, this thing can be a long, drawn-out yeah. process. It can be kind of complicated, a lot of twists and turns. You need somebody to hold your hand through it so that you ain't got to worry about it. Grinning Law can do that. So if you're ever in a situation, trust us. Pick up the phone, 972-934-8900, and uh, you'll be thankful that you did. That's exactly right. There it is. That is the phone number, 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Call him now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. What an interesting game this Cowboys game was. I mean, this was a game where I'm sitting there watching this thing, and I almost don't believe what I'm seeing because the Cowboys' first drive, 12 plays, 75 yards. The Cowboys' second drive, six plays, 75 yards, and all of a sudden they're up 14-3, to three, and I'm going, where the hell was this last week? <laughs> You're like a lot of people. Now, that being said, we all know that in the NFL, every week is different. You can look like crap some weeks and look great the next week, uh, especially after the first game of the year when you didn't play in the preseason. I didn't anticipate it. I didn't expect it. 
but uh, I was uh, I was impressed with the start. I was very impressed with the start, and then the offense reverted back to kind of what the offense became. And I was thinking about this watching this. It, it seemed because even last week, early on that first drive that they had against Tampa, they had a, a good drive. And it feels to me like, do you think that once Kellen Moore gets past his scripted plays, that he struggles to figure out adjustments and whatnot as the game is unfolding? Yeah, that could be some of it. But I think, uh, I mean, that could be some of it. Um, although I've had some people lately tell me that, you know, basically after your first drive or two, the script is done anyway. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the first two drives so, today, and then after that, the offense was stagnant. Uh, it, it, I just think it's... Um, if if we just look solely at this year, or if we just look at this game, the way they want to play, the way they need to play, the way they have to play, if you have a tackle for loss or a five yard penalty, it's just hard to hard to move the ball because you're trying to run it, and if you're not getting a seven or eight yard run and it's third and five, third and four, you know you should make most of those, but you're not going to make all of them. They don't have enough first downs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you look at most scoring drives, they go first down, first down, first down, second down, first down, second down, second down, first down, first down, touchdown. They don't have a bunch of first, second, and third downs. Is that you or me? Do you hear something? Oh, you didn't hear anything? Barely. Like when you finally said something, yeah, you must have had a, oh. something open that was playing a little bit. Dude, I was trying to look at some stats and all of a sudden. Well, that's what happens. You go on ESPN to read the box score and whatnot, and all 400 videos pop up and want to play to you. Well, I thought I had them all turned off. It's so annoying. I can't stand that they do. There's too much videos on everything now. I feel you on that because uh, I was trying to look at the stats right there. But Yeah, I do that um, all the time. And then like you're like, what? what is going on? And you're like, oh, I thought I muted it. And they just randomly decided to start playing again. It happens to me all the time. Okay, okay, I feel better now. No, but but yeah, the thing with the offense, it's interesting. And I, don't, I, I you and I were talking about this before we jumped on to record. I, yeah, it's exciting that they won. It's unexpected that they won. I still don't know what I think about this team. Other than I really, and you and I thought this going into the season, this is going to be a really good defense. It was good against Tampa. It just got overexposed. It was very, very good against Cincinnati. And then what happens? The offense can't stay on the field at all. And so then the defense is out there and out there and out there. And then finally, they're like, holy crap, guys. Like, we've been out here the whole game. And then finally, Cincinnati puts together that long drive because the defense had been out there too long because the offense couldn't get them off the field. No, but this is this is the style that they got to play to win this year, bro. So it's, it's they're all going to be tight fits, I would think, most weeks. Um, maybe a blowout on one side or the other a couple weeks this season. But other than that, everything's going to be a really tight fit because that's how this team right now is built to play. Now, I didn't think they'd win. So you'll have a bunch of people in Twitter and everywhere else saying, oh, see, I told you, Cowboys, oh, you guys overreacted. It's not really even about that. It's about while Dak is gone six to eight weeks, Cooper Rush has got to figure out how to keep you 500 because 500 keeps you in the race. So that when Dak comes back, you hopefully can then go elevate. And here's what you guys got to know. It ain't really about the first game. It's about after Cooper Rush has played three or four games and teams have a tape of literally right. everything he can and cannot do, that's when we'll really see what he is. Now, I got to tell you, he's, he's done fine now because he hadn't done anything to lose you the game. And he's, he's made some plays to help you win. So that's good. So he appears to me to be a really good backup. But for him to you know take that elite backup level, 
it's after they get a bunch of tape on you. Can you still do the things that you do and move the team? Yeah, and he was good. I mean, especially, obviously, early in the game on the first couple of drives. I mean, he made that really nice pass to throw a laser in the face of pressure to Noah Brown that extended a drive. You know, all in all, I thought he was really good. He benefited a couple of times. Really, to me, once you got into the back part of the second quarter, the whole third quarter, and the whole fourth quarter until the last drive, he was not very good. And he, he missed some throws. He threw a couple of balls that probably should have been picked that hit Cincinnati defenders in the hands, and they just dropped them. But it, like you said, they didn't make those plays, so it didn't hurt you. They were able to convert some plays. It, it's just this offense, you know, Tony Pollard offers you a little bit of that explosion. And I get everybody's, oh, he needs to be the starting running back. Again, some of the, I don't think Zeke gets enough credit for the hard yards that he gets. And I don't know if Tony Pollard is built to run as frequently as Zeke does with the type of runs that Zeke is doing. Well, no, he's not built to do that. That's why it could be a really good one-two combination. And maybe that's kind of what it was today. 27 carries between them for like a, just around 100 yards. Because, you know, it's really about the totality of your running game and what's it giving you. And today it gave them something. It gave them a lot early. Um didn't give them as much late, and that's why they couldn't close out the game. Uh, but uh, there are signs for you to be encouraged because the second game in a row they were able to run it. They're kind of built to run with Terrence Steele and Tyler Smith and uh, Zach Martin because those yeah. are guys who are, who are really good run blockers, uh, whatever you think about their pass blocking outside of Zach. Um, so this is something that they can do. And but I'm telling you, man, when you play like that, that you just can't have the dumb penalties that that hurt them again today. And you can't make those little mistakes because when you get behind the chains, it's so very hard for you to convert. Yeah, it really, really is unfortunate. And, and you look at it and you go through some of these and, and they ended up, you know, that third and eight where the Cowboys got pressure, really good pressure on the Bengals first drive. And then Anthony Barr gets flagged for that dumbass hit on Burrow keeps the drive alive and they end up getting a field goal out of that there was another one that led to their second field goal when they jump off sides on the fourth down and ended up just giving them a free play when it was supposed to be a punt or whatever and the Bengals end up getting a field goal that offside penalty led directly to three points so it's just little things like that that they for whatever reason this team consistently cannot figure out how to get out of its own way I mean, the Wilson hit when, when Joe Burrow was scrambling, and that was a third and nine. Now, granted, he did convert the first down, but then you just give him another 15 yards, and it's just stuff like that. For instance, that was another series where it's the Cowboys hold them for a fourth and six, but they have to call a timeout because they've got 12 men on the field, so they have to waste a timeout. And it wasn't a penalty, but that's a timeout you probably would have liked to have had. Well, yeah, because you could have run a different play at the end of the game. Right. It might not have been a 50-yard field goal. It might have been a 40 or something like that. But, you know, th dude, they've been doing this for a minute. This is kind of who they are. And uh, I don't know I don't know how you stop it. I think the thing for the – like, I'm laughing internally because, like, with Deion Sanders in Jackson State, and he's one of the few coaches I've seen do this. Other coaches may have done that. I just haven't seen it. He spent uh, quite a bit of time talking about pre-snap penalties and stuff you can control. And when his guys do it, man, guess where they head? Right to the bench. Yeah. For like three or four plays or a series or depending on who you are, longer than that. 
but it's a it's a way to get your attention and say, yo, this is not acceptable. You know, there is a consequence, however it may be, to this uh, to this action. Now it's a little harder, obviously, in the NFL, but you just gotta like you just have to get it get the point across through something. And normally, the only thing that gets a point across is what PT. Yeah, even if it's four series or a few, just two snaps. Just yo, dumbass, check this out. Come on. Yeah, there's. I would agree with you, and and you wonder at what point is it going to have to get to that? I mean, it's weird because you look at it. They only committed You're supposed to be the one. That, see, now my computer plays, one. but you can't hear that. And then I realize. <laughs> and why? Because you're jumping around trying to look at a certain drive, and then for whatever reason, when you have it on mute, the ad just decides to unmute itself. It's ridiculous. ESPN's got to stop doing that crap, and they're not going to. But going back, they only committed five penalties today, but all five of those penalties seem to be, like I tweeted out, the Cowboys are masters of committing penalties at the worst possible times. It seems like they're always committing penalties on third downs or fourth downs, giving teams free downs, a new set of downs, or killing their own ability where, hey, we just converted this third down. Oh, never mind. It's a hold. Like, lo and behold, it'll right. always be that way with their, just the, the worst timing of penalties. Dude, football is all, and nobody said it was easy, but you're a paid professional, no different than us, uh, doing what we do at our jobs. You know, it's about mental and physical toughness, man. And it's about poise under pressure. Yeah. And, and th- those are all parts of being a professional at the highest level. And it's required. And if you can't do it, then we'll find somebody who can. I see today how they can play and compete and win. The question is whether they can do it consistently. And I mean, it's only been one game, so nobody knows. But that's the question. Uh, you know, because that's what I was saying, man. You know, all these people would be like, oh, you know, hey, get off the Cowboys, hater, hater, hater. And now the, it's always about can you do it consistently? And until that question is answered, you know, any criticism that comes their way is warranted and fair. Yeah, and it is. And again, the offense, 337 yards today. They got 150 yards on their first two drives, which means that for the rest of the game on their in their next eight drives, they got 187 yards. And again, part of me is sitting there going, how is Cincinnati this bad? Or, and I don't know if it's a combination of how bad the Cincinnati offensive line is, how good the Dallas defensive line is, But I was, I mean, they mauled Cincinnati up front. They absolutely destroyed them. And there are going to be times, and there are going to be teams where I think Micah Parsons has games like he does today where they just quite simply don't have anybody on their offense that can stop the guy. Brew, I haven't looked at the stats yet, but I know he had two sacks. He must have hit Burrow, like literally hit him, like, uh, what, three or four other times at least multiple times he got back there and I mean he was all over the place today man he had multiple tackles in the field he had five he's credited with five quarterback hits two tackles for a loss two sacks and I mean he was just he was everywhere they could not and then think about how many times he got back there where he might not have even touched Burrow but he affected the play because he got back there so fast that Burrow threw an incomplete pass because he had to get rid of the ball before he wanted to Dude, he was a dominant force today. And what y'all don't understand is, or, you know, some of y'all do, but pressure is one thing. You can get pressure on the quarterback. Um, but when you're hitting that dude, that's something completely different, man. Like, you can have a game like he had with two sacks and five quarterback pressures 
and be a menace. But if you got a game with two sacks and five pressures and then you hit him five other times, dude, you have you've literally dominated the game. Yeah, and that's what he did today. I mean, he was unblockable, unstoppable, a complete one-man wrecking force. And when they have that guy, they've got that defense. And this is a really, really good defense that I think showed some things today. Hell, Sam Williams made a play with the big tackle for a loss, like a tackle of a loss of like five or six yards or whatever it was, even if it was his only tackle of the game. At least he showed us a flash of something. You know, and you see these plays and the thing of it that Micah is just – Micah Parsons is the best player the Cowboys have. I mean, offense, defense, I think he's the best player on this football team. And he, my God, he's good. No, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're breaking no news, bro. I think, uh, I think he's moved there and he's moved there real quickly. And uh, he's picking off where he left off last year, which to me is great. Uh, a lot of dudes have great rookie years and can't sustain it. Or, you know, that's why I never believed in sophomore slump. slump. Yeah. You know what? It's about can you do the things to sustain what you did the first year? Did you go out and party and date, you know, every go out on dates every night and act like a wild man? Or did you do that for a finite period of time, get out your system, and then go back to work to get ready for the next season because you kept the main thing the main thing? That, to me, is what Michael Parsons has done. So what's he got, four sacks after the first two yep, games? four. And uh, he's going to be amongst the league leaders in sacks. He's going to be amongst the league leaders in pressures and hurries and all of that. And, dude. He is doing what, which he's being a superstar. That's really what he's doing. He is. That's exactly what he is. And he, but he is the guy on the defense that you have to account for. And even when you do that, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody saw the one play where they were talking about him being triple teamed, and he still Adam, fought through that. Is that the new iPhone 14 Pro? He still fought through that and was able to affect the throw that Burrow was making. But overall, this Cowboys defense today, I mean, six sacks. They held Burrow under 200 yards passing. He only averaged five and a half yards a pass. They held Cincinnati to three and a half yards a carry. Jamar Chase only had five catches for 54 yards. I mean, all in all, this was a dominant performance by this Dallas defense. And I think anytime you can sit there and say, we're going to hold NFL teams under 20 points, your expectation is you're going to win that game. They held Tampa Bay to 19 points last week in Tom Brady, and they held Joe, Joe Burrow and all these weapons of Cincinnati to 17 points. Now, I mean, I think it was terrific. And then, you know, man, I thought this dude had a really, really good game. Uh, Tavon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. Um, now, I was looking at it. He only broke up one pass, but, dude, he was – I mean, he was around the ball there today. He was everywhere. If you caught the ball on him, it, it goes down as a contested catch. I think uh, Chase or somebody caught one on him on fourth down, and his hand is, like, in there. It was just a great throw uh, by Burrow and a great catch uh, by the other dude. But I thought he played really well today. He played very, very good. I would agree with you. And it's one of those things. I mean, that last play that he made where he – I mean, he had to make the tackle. It had to be him. Otherwise, the Bengals keep that drive going. And a guy that we ripped on the podcast last week for really shying away from tackling whatsoever, I mean, he got shot out of a cannon and went and laid his body out and made that play to give the Cowboys the opportunity at the end of the game to put together that drive that led to the winning field goal. No, and to me, it's that's what we're saying. See, you can do that, Trayvon Diggs. You can make business decisions and say, you know, this one I don't need to. But sometimes you just got to go make – make that play happen and now we know that he've done it so let's let's continue to see it 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I thought that too. I was like, way to go, Trayvon. Now you showed us that you can do that. So now that's the expectation. You can't shy yeah. away from the tackle and just throw your arm out as the guy runs by or let yourself get blocked and like, oh, okay, well, at least it'll look like I got blocked. But what a fantastic open field tackle. And, and you know, you've got to give the defense a lot of credit there because that was on the heels of that drive where the Bengals had 19 play drive for 83 yards that took nine minutes off the clock. Then the Cowboys offense comes out and is only on the field for a minute and 30 seconds. And then the defense has to come back out. And at that point, and I know it was on the eight yard line, but I thought, I was like, man, this defense, I mean, they're gassed. They've been out there almost the entire second half. The offense barely gave them a break. And for them to come up and make those plays there to get the ball back to the offense, you know, we've been telling you guys this, I think, throughout the course of the offseason. They're going to have to win a lot of games like this where the defense is going to have to continually give the offense multiple opportunities because this offense is just going to kind of sputter. No, I mean, I think that's the way they're built um, for now. And and I keep saying for now because when Michael Gallup comes back, it should be different at some point. And then, hey, man. Maybe Noah Brown's becoming something more than just a guy. Maybe, and, and it's obvious I thought that he and Cooper Rush have some chemistry together. That would make sense since, generally speaking, those are guys that aren't getting reps with the ones throughout the course of their careers with the Cowboys, and they're probably familiar with each other. So you could see that there was some sort of a trust with Rush going time and time again to Brown. I also thought it was interesting and again, teams make jumps, man. You make jumps from week one to week two. A lot of that rust gets the, from not playing at all in the preseason for a lot of these guys. You get more into the rhythm of the season from week one to week two. But it felt like the receivers today were actually making plays for their quarterback. And at times last week, we didn't get to see that with Dak Prescott. Now, Dak was bad. Dak was bad last week. There's no way around that. But there were opportunities for receivers to make plays for him last week that they didn't. And this afternoon, I thought a few times where Rush maybe didn't throw a perfect ball, but his receiver went up and made a play or came back and, and made a play on the ball for his quarterback. No, I mean, I think we saw a lot of that, especially in the first quarter yeah. man, when Noah Brown was jumping over people. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it again because I think it's kind of um, worth noting. And, and I thought about this. You know, he played with Eli Apple at Ohio State. And so I wondered if he's like, and this is the same old chump I used to jump over in, in, in practice in college, so this ain't no big deal for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In terms of getting ready for the game today. Sure. Because I wondered if that's why he was, he was so active so early because he was like, I know I can beat this dude. I don't have no question about that because I've done it in practice before. Could be. That's a good point, man. I didn't think about that. I mean, Noah Brown, 5 for 91 in the touchdown today, caught all five passes that he was targeted on. CD had 7 of 11 targets, so he had 7 for 75. Dalton Schultz only had a couple of catches. Pollard had four. Dennis Houston, only one target. And I thought that was interesting because they went to him a few times last week to their own detriment. And it, it's, look, like we've been talking about, and like you continue to say, that's what this team is. That's what this team is going to have to be moving forward. They're going to have to find the of the Pee-wee football team. We are. some ways to try and creatively score and hope that if they can jump out like they did early, that the defense can then hold up the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, they, they played today stylistically the way they need to play. Um, 
the only thing that they didn't do it and and I was I was going back to look because you know one of the things we're saying is if this play doesn't happen then we're probably having a di- an even different conversation in terms of the Cowboys and I'm looking for it real quick and, and to see what time it was in the game it's the uh, it's the Dalton Schultz fumble man because to me they're driving right then um you know, for a chance to go ahead and really, where are they at? The Cincinnati 35, I think. Right, yeah. When uh, Dalton Schultz fumbles. But that was a good drive. It was a drive that was probably going to end in nothing less than a field goal. Um, and instead, they get no points, and then Cincinnati uh, flips the field a little bit, and two possessions later, they, they score. They go on their long drive. But if they could have kicked a field goal, even a field goal there, bro, and extended the lead to 20-9, to nine, Cincinnati's in a much bigger predicament because 17-9, as we saw, is really just a one-possession game. Yeah, and, and that drive was an interesting one because that was one I actually put in my notes. The first play of that drive that ended in the fumble, Rush rolls out and throws the Lamb for 14, and I put, why don't they do this more for Dak? And I'm talking about the play call, and they did that three or four plays today where they called the rollout for Rush to kind of roll out to his right or whatever and, and throw on the move. And Dak is so good at that that I don't know why we don't see more of that when he's at quarterback. That's a good point. I don't know. And and so it seemed to me like there were things throughout the course of the game. It was that one early on when they went and were just even it might have been the first play of the game or the second play where they threw that pass to CeeDee Lamb behind the line. I'm like, what are we doing? Like but it it gets they gave Rush some easy plays early on. They ran a couple of slants early, and I just some of the play calls that they had early for Rush, I just thought, why didn't they do this for Dak? Like, why aren't you calling those types of plays to get Dak in a rhythm? Well, see, that that may just that literally may be the benefit or the difference between a quarterback that you pay forty million, who you assume doesn't really need those types of easy throws to get into a rhythm, because why he's Dak Prescott, Superman, whereas a young, whereas a guy like Cooper Rush, who's your backup, you're like, we know we got to get him into a rhythm. And so some of it may just be thought process, man. And maybe when Dak gets back, Kelly Moore will go, wow. You know, maybe I need to give Dak some of these easy throws early on in the game to get him off to a good start. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it would be nice to see. And if nothing else, I mean, because you move the ball down the field. You know, you don't necessarily have to have these big chunk plays. It's okay to throw a slant for seven yards or throw a pass behind the line of scrimmage and let CeeDee Lamb pick up a couple of yards just to get the ball moving, to, to get some completions and have the clock running. So I thought that was interesting, you know, and, and, and there is a I, I don't I just some of those things kind of jumped out to me quite a bit today of how they do things just differently. And who knows, maybe some of it is Dak has more of a control of the offense and checks out of some of that stuff. I don't know. But it, it just felt like they were making an effort to get rush some easier throws and scheming some guys more open in space than what they then at least what we saw from week one. Well, how about going for it on fourth down from your own 44 on the first series? Yeah, that was ballsy. Fourth fourth and two, not like fourth and a foot. Yeah. And to me, I think that was uh, – I, I vacillated between def, desperation and gutsy. But I think he was just like, we have – given what the week we've been through, the performance we turned in last week, we just got to have a good start and – I'm just going to roll the dice right here and see if my guys will pick me up. 
Yeah, and again, I mean, you go back to that first drive. That's another example of that. They called a rollout for him on that first touchdown pass where they just rolled him to his right, had Noah Brown coming across the back of the end zone touchdown. And I just sat there and I was like, why are they not doing this for Dak? Because Dak is phenomenal when he is on the move like that, rolling out and doing some of those things. So I don't know. And maybe when Dak comes back, they'll do more of this. I will say... Let's tell you real quick about a couple of our sponsors before we continue this Cowboys conversation because we got to let you know. It's funny, one of you guys that listens to us, I was trying to find it, sent us a picture of the jam session ball, and I can't find who it was, but one of you said he went and went, he did the double dip, right? He went to Smokey John's Barbecue and got the jam session bowl after he had gotten his car worked on at Freeway Tire Shop and said he was super impressed with both. And we're like, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a reason why Jacques has taken all of his cars to Freeway Tire Shop because, again, that's the type of experience you can expect when you go to JR. I mean, he's going to take care of you. It's going to be professional. And you know that he's going to stand behind his work and you can trust what he's doing. No, that's why I rock with him. I was there getting some tires last week uh, before I made yet another trip to Jackson. And Matt just said it. It's about diagnosing the problem, fixing the problem with quality parts, charging your fair price, and then standing behind your work. If you can find a mechanic to do that, go with him. If you don't have one, it's like a church home. Go to JR, five minutes north of downtown, right off of Commonwealth. They're the best. I love them. I take all my cars there. I send all my friends there. You should too. Yeah, man, you do. That's what you need to do and make it happen. It is, oh, it was A-Rod James on Instagram. That's what it was. He goes, picked up my truck from Freeway Tire Shop all the way from Texarkana, he says. Said he waited about forty waited about 45 minutes for Smokey Johns to open, and I got to tell you guys, I was not disappointed in either. And he's got a picture of his jam session bowl that he's snacking on there. So very Dude, awesome, man. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. That's fantastic, and I'm glad that it worked out well for you. And, of course, Smokey Johns Barbecue, I mean, the jam session bowl, you can grab that. They've been there 46 years, and it's funny because we've talked about that before because Smokey Johns is right around the corner – from freeway tire shop down mockingbird what like five minutes maybe from from freeway literally five minutes right and, and so you can do that where you can knock out two birds with one stone get your oil changed and then roll for some lunch at smoky john's and check out the jam session bowl enjoy the your choice of whatever meat you want to put on it you can choose made from scratch mac and cheese made from scratch mashed potatoes all the fixings they put on top of it and it's only available to jam session listeners you know what, man? And if I was, I was gonna say this: if Smokey Johns is so close to uh, Freeway Tire that you can actually call your order in and pick it up before you get there and get back in time. Um, that's a really good do. idea, actually. Sounds no, like I'm somebody serious, knows can, this for a fact. Hey, don't worry about me. I'm <laughs> grown folk business. Uh, but if you don't have uh, Smokey Johns where you are. And it's on shelves in Frisco. So, I mean, it's they want you to get it. I mean, hey, you can go to their website, click on the marketplace, get the sauce of the rub. Matt drinks it straight out the bottle. You can get that to your crib in two or three days, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. So check them out. Freeway Tire Shop with JR and Smokey John's with the brothers, the family-owned barbecue place. You're going to love it right there off Mockingbird or head out to SmokeyJohns.com. So we continue here, and it's interesting because as we continue this Cowboys conversation, it's always going to be this way, and I don't know that this is necessarily the Dak hate hive coming back around, 
It's And I've already said this to you guys. It's hard to continue to defend Dak when he plays like he did in the season opener and he's getting paid the amount of money that he is getting paid. But I think we need to just go ahead and pump the brakes on the mass amount of you that now believe Cooper Rush is the guy. Like, I, I, I don't know why on, I'm surprised man. by that. I don't know why. I, I knew it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, like 4th Street Chuck tweeted in and says, Cooper Rush turning Dak into Tony, into Tony Romo. And I was Come like, on, no, no, I don't think so. I had Check another. Okay, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, because I wanted to. <laughs> let me throw this one out here for you, because Matthew on Twitter says, I feel like in the short sample size of Rush last game and this game, he snaps the ball and knows where he's going with it and throws with confidence. I feel like Dak doesn't see the field the same way, like he's overwhelmed. Now we have to deal with a bit of the Dak hate hive, you know, kind of coming back is what I was saying. But I just thought, okay, so it, it, one game against Minnesota and one game against Cincinnati, and that leads you to believe that he knows what he's doing and is more confident than Dak and that Dak is overwhelmed and doesn't see the field as well as Cooper Rush, apparently. And to me, sometimes I just chuckle, man. I just got through telling y'all. So maybe that's why you put this out here because I didn't tell you before you tweeted. It takes five or six game tapes to figure out what an NFL starter can do. Usually it takes about four to see what a backup can do. Why? Because they don't give him as much stuff to do. So it's a little easier. Um, you want Cooper Rush to be a really good backup. And yeah, if he developed into a starter, great. But let's keep it real, Matt. Didn't they just put him on waivers two weeks ago? And yep. not a single Correct. NFL team claimed him? Any team could have had him for free. For free. No one claimed him at all. So, that was good news for the Cowboys. But let's just keep it all in perspective, man. He had a great game, and hopefully he can do it again. I mean, I think we've said it all along. We would love for the Cowboys to prove us wrong. That's good for everybody. It's just not for me to hope and pray and have belief and faith that it will happen. But if they want to prove me wrong, hey, more power to them. Yeah, and again, I, I thought Cooper Rush, for the most part, was good today. He got away a couple of times with really poor throws. And yeah, Dak's going to make really poor throws too, but this whole thing that Cooper Rush is going to be the guy and that they're better with him, it's just not reality. I get it. Dak was god-awful, atrocious trash last week. The whole offense was. Was some of that rust? Was some of it not playing at all in the, the preseason? Maybe. I, I don't know what to chalk it up to. We won't find out for sure until this continues. But Cooper Rush doesn't start in the NFL for a reason. And like Romo said, he's not afraid. He knows the offense. They obviously did some things early to get him comfortable. But I, I didn't see anything from Cooper Rush today for the duration of the game that I was like, oh, my God, this guy, I bet he'll be a starting quarterback next year somewhere. <laughs> like, not at all, right? And so, like, Dale tweets in and says, the good – Rush, Noah, Lamb, Pollard, and the defense. The bad, Zeke, Kellen Moore, Schultz, and Dennis Houston. I, I, don't, I can't say that Zeke is in the bad at all. I, I disagree with that. 15 for 53, you would like to see more, but I think Zeke has been fine. He's very good in pass protection when they blitz. He is asked to do some things, and at times, I mean, he was hit a couple of times behind the line. That was not his fault. The yeah, Cowboys didn't work for him. One of, them. one of those he got buried. I mean, he got the ball and immediately was tackled. Like, what do you want the guy to do? But, 
you know, we kind of talked about this like last Sunday night. There were multiple runs where you saw a lot of, and again, they're the hard yards. It's Zeke for four, it's Zeke for seven, it's Zeke for five, in the middle, in between the tackles, going up into the heart of the defense, trying to help sustain drives. Then Pollard comes in and like, oh, kick it outside to Pollard, and he explodes, and everybody's like, oh, Zeke sucks. I mean, I think um, I think Zeke is at the point he just knows it comes with the territory. Um, I think that uh, Zeke has been good the first two games. Um, I saw him really have a couple explosive runs today where he got to the corner and turned it up. He still runs with violence, and um, no, he's not the he's not the superstar he used to be as a young man because he's old for for a running back now at twenty seven. But there will still be some games this year where you see what looks like vintage Zeke. And you may see them over the next few weeks as they continue to try to find their identity while Dak is out. Yeah, and and I think, and we painted that picture, the game today was kind of what you want. They had 23 combined carries from Zeke and Pollard, and it worked. They got Pollard out there on that one that was a pass, I guess, technically, that he took down the sideline. We all thought he scored, and they're like, oh, no, he's an inch short or whatever it was. And he had that other burst up the middle for 12. And he's got that explosiveness. I mean, he's got that burst when he can get outside that he can take it to the house. And I think they used both of them really well tonight. It's going to be very interesting moving forward because I, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to make of this team. And they are going on the road next week, walking into a Giants team that is 2-0. and And we can sit there and say they're the Giants. They don't have much, but... They believe, and there's been a couple of reports, I think maybe it was Glazer that did one, on Dayball trying to change the culture and instill something in New York that hasn't been there in a long time. And they're 2-0 and right now. Now, granted, Carolina may be trash, cool, but they beat a pretty solid Tennessee Titans team on the road in week one. This is not a given. This is not some game that I think the Cowboys can just walk in into and expect to win. I think I feel better than I do, obviously, after last Sunday night. But I still, I really do not know what to expect from this team next Monday or even on a weekly basis. They play next Monday night? Yes, yeah, Monday night against New York. See, I hadn't looked that far. I take a game. I take it a game at a time, so I hadn't looked that far ahead on the schedule. Well, I understand. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that is the next uh, game if we're going game at a time. Well, I'm still, you know, there's 24-hour rule. You got to take this one <laughs> right? first before you move on. To I got you. Yeah. Uh, but if you're talking about the Giants, it's going to be the same type of type fit, man. And I, I was looking at it because Daniel Jones threw it 34 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ran it 33 times. Saquon Barkley, 21 for 72, which means there was a commitment to it, whether it was working or not. Why? Because Brian Dayball is trying to do the same exact thing that the Cowboys need to do right now. Be conservative on offense. Don't lose it on offense. Play defense. Use your special teams to help you set up some points and win like that. So you're going to have two teams playing the same exact style next week. Yeah, I, I kind of have a feeling that next week's going to be another one of those low-scoring, very close games. Take the under. Yeah, for real. Like, like it's one of those that I feel like is going to be very similar to what you saw this week where it's like 17-14, something like that. Or it may be 2017 again. But you now, you split them at home. We're two weeks into this. I, I do not know what to make other than I think this might – this defense has an opportunity to be, I think, for sure a top 10 defense and maybe even a top five defense. They're playing good, man. They got the superstar. Uh, Leighton Vanderish played pretty good today. May, he showed up. Um, I didn't see it as much from Demarcus uh, Lawrence today, but um, 
you know, man, I think I think that they know the scheme. They're playing fast. And again, today, what didn't they do, bro? For the most part, they didn't give up any big plays. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the same the same reason why the Cowboys struggle to score is the same reason why teams have struggled to score points against the Cowboys. Like, I, I was looking it up right quick, man. If you look at the Bengals, man, 25 runs, their longest one was 12 yards. You'll take that every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, you look at Joe Burrow, 24 completions, the longest was 19. So, you know, what is it, 59 snaps, and you didn't give up a play of more than 20 yards? Dude, that's impressive. That. That's, why, that's, why, that's why it took them 19 plays to go score. And it took some third down conversions and a little bit of luck because when you, when you don't give up the explosive plays, brother, it's, it's hard to just grind it down the field and score because any mistake means that drive is basically over. Yeah, it was an impressive defensive effort today. I mean, when you look at, again, the six sacks, Joe Mixon, 19 for 57, and one of those was a 10-yard run, so his other 18 went for 47. I mean, that's less than three yards a carry. They, they really, all in all, for the most part, I, I don't know what else you could ask for from this defense. And, and like I said earlier, I mean, if you're going to tell me that this defense is going to consistently hold everybody under 20 points, you're going to give this op- this offense will have an opportunity because you don't have to be very good. But if your defense is only going to allow an average of 18 points a game, which is where they're at after the first two weeks, you might be winning a lot of games 20 to 18, essentially. But you can win some games like that because I think you might be able to do enough offensively where you can get a couple of touchdowns and a couple of field goals a game. Yeah, I mean, I, but you got to, again... You got to limit your mistakes. Uh, yeah. And Cooper rushed through some interceptable passes, but they weren't. And so aside from the Dalton Schultz, they played it clean that way. So if you're not going to turn the ball over, you got one of the league's better punters. You got one of the league's better defenses. That's why it's okay to say take the sack or be conservative on third down. We'll punt the ball, get it good, play good defense. And then, you know, at some point, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, John Fossil and his unit will more than likely help you than hurt you. Yeah, at some point you're right. You know, and you look at this, you got past the Tampa-Cincinnati two-step and Cincinnati man 0-2 now to start the season. And they obviously have some problems that they've got to figure out with their offensive line. I don't know that you can continually allow Joe Burrow to get hit like that like they did last year and somehow still made it to the Super Bowl. I, I don't know that that happens again. And that'll be interesting to see. But the Cowboys, three of their next four games are on the road. They're at New York on Monday, back home for a game against Washington. Then you go on the road to the Rams and the Eagles. And we'll see where you're at there, but all of a sudden, I, I mean, I just don't know what to make. I don't. I don't know what to make of this team. Like, I, I, like before this game, I thought, screw it, we're done. They're going to be 0-5. And now I'm sitting here going, I honestly don't know because I don't have a clue right now how good some of these other teams around the league are like Washington got lit up today by Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions I mean they got lit up then you look at the Giants who have played really really good defense against the Titans and the Panthers but I go well the Panthers I mean they're not even good Baker Mayfield's their quarterback so I (laughs) but I don't know what I may I, 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 I don't have any idea what I make of this Dallas Cowboys team I really don't other than good defense and I just hope to God that your offense can score a couple of times before they crap the bed and have to sit out the rest of the game. Well, I think um, I think that's fair. I, you know, I think I, I told you this once or twice. 
when I was a beat writer for covering the Cowboys for, for those 11 years, strictly as a beat writer, I used to be like talking to bosses or talking to colleagues, like, why y'all so interested? The story will reveal itself. You don't have to know the whole story right now. It'll yeah. reveal itself layer after layer after layer. So there's no need to rush it. You don't have to, I got to be first. I got to get, no, the story will come out. It'll reveal itself. You don't have to be the first to say this guy's done or this thing is over with. It'll reveal itself. And the same to me is true for this season. You ain't supposed to know what you got after two games. It really takes the quarter pole to have a decent feel for where it's going. And even then, bro, you're just trying to stay in a race until November. You don't want to be eliminated early because we see it every year. Somebody's kind of 500. They get hot right around Thanksgiving and ride that thing into the playoffs. Maybe they win it. Maybe they don't. But ain't nobody trying to see them come playoff time. And so the whole thing that Cooper Rush's job is, can you keep us in the hunt until Sir Galahad comes back? That's the deal. Can you keep us in the hunt? Can you help us go 500? Can you take us a game over 500? Can you play well enough to let our special teams and defense wins until the dude come back? That's your job. Can you handle it? Yeah, and we'll see where they're at. And I think you're right. I mean, this is one of those... I don't know. We, you kind of thought, what do you have the Cowboys? Eight and nine this year, I think. And I had them like nine and eight, like in that range. Yeah, I'm still there. I haven't seen anything yeah. that made me change it. That's kind of where I, I, I'm at as well. I mean, this is a team that right now just reeks of a 500 team where some weeks the defense will play really, really well and they'll get a team like they did tonight. And then some weeks, even when the defense plays well, like they did last week against Tampa, it won't be enough because the offense just won't have it. Yeah, but again, we don't... You know, let's let's be realistic. Based on what we think, when will we see the real Cowboys offense? Will it be like week eight, week nine, week ten? When Dak is back, Gallup is back, you know, C D and, and Noah Brown are there and he's got three receivers that that, you know, these are yeah. my normal guys. So they're just trying to buy time until then. Good thing is, like you said, the defense looks really, really good. And if they can sustain it, you know, there's a reason why defense will keep you in the games, bro. They're going to be in games if the defense plays good. And uh, if they do anything, you know, they'll have some leads and they can really, uh, you know, really try to do their thing. Yeah, that's true. So we'll see where they're at, but uh, we'll start turning our attentions to the Giants on Monday night after the Cowboys pick up a a big win, man. You win at home, you're 1-1 one one starting the season. I, I, it's... I don't know. I just don't know what to make of it. And and I want to be, it's like, I'm not excited, but I'm not despair. Like I was last week where I didn't even know if I wanted to watch right. them anymore. You should be excited if you're a fan, because you can see the possibilities of what they could do. Um, if they play a certain way, you know, we, remember I, I told you last week and I was laughing about, about serious Bill Parcells won 10 games with Quincy Carter and Troy Hambrick as his quarterback and running back. Well, that's true. You know, and they did it, and they they ended up with I think with the number one defense in the league, more so because they played ball control, time of possession, that whole thing, and they just defense wasn't even on the field that long. You can do the same type of thing in Dallas, but you have to be committed to it. That's why I said the twenty seven carries is a sign of commitment, and that's what that was good for by Kellen Moore. You know, but can you do it every week, bro? Yeah, we'll find out. It, it's. It's a learning process. This is one of those seasons 
It's really weird, man, because it's so different than normal. Like I was watching the game today and I get more excited when the defense is out there than I do when the offense is out there because the defense is more exciting to watch right now. I mean, they've got a lot of dudes who are capable of making plays on the defense. Bro, I mean, it's you ain't breaking no news. That's the way it is. I mean, Micah Parsons is up there. I mean, he's like the Kyler Murray of the Cowboys. Like Kyler Murray, if you watch the end of the Arizona game, it's just one of those guys, you just never know what the guy's capable of doing because they don't make players like that. You know, and his ability to just do something, he can bull rush a guy, the spin move that he has now. I mean, all these different things that he does. And it's like every play, you can't wait to see what is Micah Parsons going to do. I was going to say, you you want to watch the defense more. Again, Yeah, you got a true superstar on defense. I mean, you got a young Lawrence Taylor. He's lining up all over the place. He's making plays. He's exciting. He's athletic. He's young. I mean, he. I mean, dude, there's a reason why he's one of the best players in the NBA or the NFL. Yeah, and he might be one of the best in the NBA, too. There's no way to know because <laughs> he doesn't play in the NBA. But maybe if he did, he'd be awesome. So I wanted to take a look around the NFL because, man, there were some wild games today. And Bro. you talk about... Well, before we do that, let's tell you about Bruce Biltong. Because if you haven't ordered your Bruce Biltong yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. I was snacking on some earlier today during the game. It's Bruce Biltong. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. Biltong is a South African air-dried meat. It's similar to beef jerky, but it is not beef jerky. It is its own thing, and it's better. If you like beef jerky, if you're saying, oh, yeah, I like beef jerky, then you need to order Biltong because you'll like it even more, and you'll probably never go back to beef jerky. What can I say, man? Matt's right. I'm not going back to beef jerky. Biltong is fantastic. What do we call it, man? Butt strips? Uh, that's right. That is what it is. It's, it's <laughs> essentially, that's exactly what Biltong means in Dutch is butt strips. Um, but it's fantastic. It's juicy. It's succulent. It's delicious. It's not anything like beef jerky, but it's got all the good stuff that beef jerky would have in it, man. Uh, what is it? 230 grams, uh, 20, 230 calories, 30 grams of protein, right. two ounce pouch. That part for a dude that's trying to watch his weight like your boy's always trying to do is fantastic, dog. It is, man. It's also fantastic because it's 15% off with the promo code JAM15. The first time you order, the second time you order, every time you order, use the promo code JAM15 and you get 15% off at bruisebiltong.com. So check those guys out today. Also, of course, Aaron and his crew over there at HFX Foundation Solutions. If you're noticing the cracks and the sticking doors and the soil washout after the summer that Texas has gone through, man, you might start noticing some of those problems. Pick up the phone, give Aaron and HFX Foundation Solutions a call. It's a free, no obligation inspection. They will come out and inspect your house and see, you know what, if there is something wrong, you want to catch it early. Because foundation is that, the earlier you catch stuff like that, I mean, you're talking about saving yourself thousands of dollars down the line. Dude, there's a reason, my friend, we lovingly refer to it as a colonoscopy for your crib. And that's because it gives you the same peace of mind that a colonoscopy gives you. Um, go call Aaron, 817-770-0174. Have him and his crew check out your spot and give you that peace of mind. You know the soil here is raggedy and rooty poot. You know that the water and the rains that we had a few weeks ago uh, may have made some things shift and move around. Just get that peace of mind that comes from calling HFX, Aaron and his crew, and 
then you can pop some bottles and relax and enjoy life, bro. That's exactly right. It's easy to do. 817-770-0174. And don't forget that uh, they also handle like drainage and gutter installations and things of that nature too. They can get that for you as well. Check them out online at hfxfoundation.com. What a wonky weekend it has been in the NFL. And obviously, Jacques and I are recording this, and the Packers and the Bears are playing right now on Sunday night football. But you look at some of these games from earlier today. Miami on the road in Baltimore. Baltimore is up 21 points going into the fourth quarter. And Tua in the Miami offense goes absolutely ballistic. And I know it's just one game. But that's one of those games where people who doubted Tua, he might have just turned some heads today. Miami beats Baltimore 42-38. to They score 28 points in the fourth quarter. They're now 2-0. How about this line for Tua? 36-50 of for 469 yards and six touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions. Miami had two 100-yard receivers. Tyreek Hill had 11 for 190. Jalen Waddle had 11 for 171. Woo. <laughs> now. I mean, my God. Okay, check this out, bro. What do we always talk about? We, we didn't spend the whole offseason talking about what? Dallas taking away weapons from Dak. But we're also talking about the same franchise that was once to all about listening. If you're to always more asking, we're next. Capital One has so the travel card Miami for- do? They went and said, hey, we spent this money on a quarterback. Let's see if he's worth a damn. Let's give him every weapon known to man that we can and see if he can throw the ball. And voila, for one week, guess what he did? Threw that pill around. Man, no doubt did he ever. And, and I mean, it's not like, you know, Lamar Jackson had a great game. He was 21-29 for 318 and three touchdowns, and they lost. I mean, Lamar Jackson threw for over 300 yards and ran for over 100 yards. And the Baltimore Ravens lost the game. And, and I mean, that was a fun game. I watched the end of that game. You had another weird one where the New York Jets recovered an onside kick and scored at the very end of the game to beat Cleveland with Joe Flacco at quarterback. And Flacco, 26 of 44 for 307 yards, four touchdowns and no picks for Joe Flacco, who I think a lot of people probably forgot was even in the league. Dude. I was like, wow, who's quarterback? Zach Wilson back all right? <laughs> nope, it's Joe Flacco. <laughs> it's Joe Flacco. I remember when he was a rookie from Delaware. Now I'm like, he's so old. I'm like, is he still in the league? Yeah, man, he's 37 years old in his third season in, in New York. But you know what people said? What did they say, man? When he's coming right out of school, he had one of the strongest arms anybody had ever seen when he was coming out from Delaware. Yeah. And if you can spin it, brother, you can spin it. That's true, man. And, and so – the other game, Pittsburgh gets beat by New England today. Fairly solid effort for the New England Patriots. who are, And again, we've talked about this. They've extended their streaks. The Patriots and the Cowboys, two of the longest streaks in NFL uh, since the last time they lost uh, their first two games of the season and started. I think, I think New England, you can go all the way back to like 2006. And Dallas hasn't started a season 0-2 since 2010. And they avoid it again today. So you have that Jacksonville... I told you guys, you man. T- you told me about Jacksonville. I, I said Jacksonville's going to surprise some people this year because Trevor Lawrence is going to be a lot better than he was last year. And he, he today, Trevor Lawrence, 25 of 30, little over 200 yards, two touchdowns, played really, really well. They ran the ball decently for the most part. And that Jacksonville defense picked off Matt Ryan three times and held Jonathan Taylor to 54 yards. What are we talking about, man? 
Jacksonville ran it 37 times for 96 yards. Yep. That's all about commitment. That's old school Tennessee Titans with Eddie George. We just bang and bang and bang. And, uh, you know, we don't really care about it. It's We're taking time off the clock. We're shortening the game. We're resting our defense. Hopefully we get a first down, but we don't care if we don't. We'll just punt the ball back to you. That's what they're doing. They're playing a certain style, man. And now um, we'll see if uh, they can keep it going. It's interesting, too. I watched this. It was a game that was on on Fox here, at least early. I don't know if you guys had it in the Dallas area, but Tampa on the road in New Orleans, and the Bucks are now 2-0. and And it's interesting because this was a game, it was tied at three going into the fourth quarter, and then Jameis Winston does what he does, and he throws, he throws three picks in the, third, in the fourth quarter. Wow. The Saints lose. One of those was a pick six, 20-10. And, man, there was an epic brawl in the middle of this game. Was there? I With missed it. Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore just go off on each other. Evans, it was weird because apparently Lattimore was getting into it with their bench and Brady is barking at him. And you can tell that they're screaming F this and F that at each other. And Leonard Fournette comes over and like headbutts Lattimore and Mike Evans comes running out of nowhere and just mows down Marshawn Lattimore. And then it becomes, you know, punches are getting thrown and Lattimore and Evans both got ejected. And there's a video going around on Twitter where they show Mike Evans and you can read his lips telling the referee, man, it's Tom Brady. What am I supposed to do? Because <laughs> he was he was defending his quarterback because Lattimore got in Brady's face. Well, he could see he could tell that to um, Goodell to the commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Tom fucking Brady, man. What you want me to do? Pretty much. Because you got to think that they're going to – he's done this before with Lattimore, and he didn't get suspended last time. I got to imagine – because he was almost off the field, and it looked to me – because you know Bruce Arians is still like a consultant to them or whatever. Right. And Bruce Arians was down on the field, and it looked like Arians said something to Evans, and he just turned around and made a beeline and took Lattimore out. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it, it was – I'd be like, Bruce, get off my sideline, man. You're inciting the people. I mean, that was something else, man. Washington, who the Cowboys have coming up in a couple of weeks, they lost today, and they were down 22 to nothing at halftime and ended up losing 36 to 27 to the Lions. I don't know what Dan Campbell's doing in Detroit. I don't know what to make of that team, but he has instilled something in the Detroit Lions. Dude, you take on the personality of your coach. Which uh, is a, now, a, how, an, a crazy now, animal. Right. Now, how much of his personality depends. It could be a lot of it. It could be some of it. But, you know, you take on the personality of your coach because that's who's dictating everything. And he is a competitive wild man. And the other thing, the reason why you take on the identity of your coach is what types of players is, is he bringing in there? Competitive wild man like himself as much as he can, as fast as he can. That stuff becomes, um, <clears throat> what do you call it? Contagious, bro. Yeah, man, and, and look, Jared Goff was really good today. He he threw for 256, four touchdowns, no picks. Amon Ross, St. Brown, they call him the sun god. That dude is, they have like randomly discovered this guy at wide receiver. Nine for 116 and two touchdowns, had two carries for another 68 yards. Detroit combined ran it 24 times for 191 yards today. That's eight yards a carry. You know, I keep telling folks, and it's not just me, it's, it's other people. Uh, it's a passing league. We understand this. 
but you have to be able to run it when you want to run it or when you need to run it. And if you can do that, man, I don't care how much of a passing league it is. You it, you know, the team that wins is the team that controls the line of scrimmage. And if you can run that yeah. thing, you're controlling the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and it's interesting because Carson Wentz was, was solid today. He wasn't very good in the first half, but was really good in the second half. But Washington, you know, Brian Robinson's been working back out, and they've got him on the IR or on PUP or whatever it is. I can't remember which one they put him on after he got randomly shot at a carjacking. And it sounded like he was actually going to be their lead back this year. And they yeah. haven't been running it really well, but they, they, they have found some receiving options. Obviously, we know about Terry McLaurin. And then Curtis Samuel, who's healthy this year. And you look at Jahan Dotson, who they drafted in the first round. And that, that's going to be an interesting game when they play the Cowboys. That, that, the next two games, the Giants and the Commanders, are really going to be interesting NFC East Divisional games. Because we've gotten so used to the Cowboys just having their way with both of those teams. I don't know if it's going to be quite like that this year. Oh, I don't think it is because the Cowboys aren't as, aren't as you know, substantially yeah. better than those teams. Here's the thing, though. They can win those games playing a certain style. And they can do it with Cooper Rush at quarterback. And you can allow yourself to dream the dream, Matt, with those being the next two. What if they went 2-0 and in those games? And they're 3-1. and one. All it does is means it keeps you in the hunt for when Dak gets back. And if Cooper can do more than that, fantastic. But the main thing is, can you just keep us in the hunt, dog? If you've done that, you have, you've done major things. Yeah, San Francisco won today, and they got the news that Trey Lance suffered some sort of an ankle injury, and he's going to have surgery, and he is done for the year. So I guess it's good they didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo because now Jimmy G is in for San Francisco, and they shouldn't miss a beat as they thump Seattle today. And, you know, Seattle's interesting because Denver looked horrible today and somehow still pulled out a win at home over Houston. We'll see what those teams make. Los Angeles, this was... This was one of those games. The Falcons were down 28-3 to in this game. Uh-oh. And ended up... Gosh, see, my computer keeps... I keep trying to switch to different scores, and the freaking ad pops up every damn time. Anyway, Los Angeles ends up pulling it out 31-27. to And here's one thing about this, and we've talked about this multiple times. It will never... I, I'm constantly amazed by this. Everybody in the NFL, everybody on every defense, every defensive mind on the planet knows the Rams are going to throw the ball to Cooper Cup. They know this. (laughs) Cooper Cup was targeted 14 times today. He had 11 catches for 108 yards and two touchdowns. Bro, that's why I don't be trying to hear that shit. You can't stop the guy. (laughs) Like, everybody knows they're going to throw to him, and it's just nonstop, constantly, time and time and time and time and time again, and you can't stop him. You think he's getting doubled? You think? You think they're playing robber coverages? Linebackers in the flats? You think he's being bracketed? I mean, they are. You think you there's know. a safety over the top? <laughs> it's something, man. And, and, oh, I meant to bring this back up, too, when we were talking about Flacco and the Jets with Cleveland. Amari Cooper today, 9 for 101 and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. So, you know, the NFL, we talk about it, man. I mean, the NFL is a wonky league. And at this point... And we kind of mentioned this going into the season. I don't know that there is a team. I think it's going to be very similar to last year where if you can hang around 11 and 6 or 12 and 5, you are just about the same as anybody else. And whoever can figure it out at the end of the year, those last couple of weeks into the playoffs, 
those are the teams that are going to win the Super Bowl because I have no idea who I think is really good right now. Miami, okay, awesome. Their offense looks really, really good, but they needed to score, what, 28 points in the fourth quarter to come back on Baltimore. Right. Cincinnati, who went to the Super Bowl last year, is 0-2. Obviously, the Chiefs, who knocked off the Chargers, and without Justin Herbert, if he's going to be missing any serious time, that's different. The Chiefs look really, really good. Other than that, I mean, Tampa looks solid. They're de- Tampa's defense is for real. I mean, we definitely learned that today, and we learned it last week against the Cowboys. That is a very, very good defense. But again, I, I mean, I don't know that I see a lot of separation between... I don't know there's great teams in the NFL anymore. Nah, bro. I think um, it's what we said. Everybody's just trying to stay in a race and get hot in November. It's such a... Uh, you know, the league is driven by injuries, man. If you're healthy, you have a much better chance to win than if you're not. But everybody's hurt. And so it's can you keep your guys healthy? And, bro, you know, half the teams don't play anybody in the preseason. So you, you spend the first two or three games trying to get your rhythm for the season because the speed of the game is so much different than preseason. But if you ain't done nothing, bro, but OTAs and minicab and training camp, the speed of the game is uh, incredibly fast when you get started. Yeah, and, and so it takes a couple of weeks these these seasons now for these teams to get into it. And that's why you see some of the strangeness that, that we're seeing. And just because I think parity, I just don't know. And part of that is because I think there's a lot of good quarterback play in the league. I think there's more good quarterbacks than we possibly have ever had in the NFL. Oh, I believe that. Um, I don't know if there's, is you know, Nobody's saying they're great quarterbacks, but no, there's a lot no. of good quarterbacks. Right. I mean, obviously, there's a handful of great ones. And, and, you know, like Pat Mahomes and what the Chiefs have been doing the first couple of weeks, probably the most impressive. But some of that also is because, you know, like guys like Tom Brady and Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers, guys like that that used to retire are hanging around the league and playing at a higher level longer than ever before. So I, I think, you know, a generation ago when some of those older quarterbacks would get phased out because of their age – now they're hanging around, and so these young quarterbacks are still coming in. The young quarterbacks coming in are better than they used to be when they get here. And so I just think that there's there's just – I mean, we kind of went through this at the beginning of the year. A lot of these teams have quarterbacks they believe in. I mean, there's a handful that don't, of course, obviously, but there are multiple teams in every single division in the NFL that have quarterbacks that they truly believe they can win with. And, and that, I think, is a relatively new thing in the NFL. Well, dude, that's one of the reasons why, um, uh, you know, I'm having an old man moment now. It sounded great when I was putting it in my head. Then I forgot what it was. Oh, well, it was probably awesome. Yeah. Man, I can't believe you guys enjoyed that as much as I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll always wonder, what the hell was Jacques trying to talk about? Well, you know, sometimes it'll come back to me. But, you know, that's what happens when you're an old man. Yeah, it does happen sometimes. And then like 30 minutes from now, you'll text me and tell me what it was. It'll just randomly yeah. come into your brain. <laughs> you know that's what'll happen. I know, man. That happens to me sometimes even now where I'll be like, what the hell was I just about to say? Like, I don't know. And then like five minutes later, and I try to go back in my mind and connect the thought to the last thought to the last thought to try to figure out what the hell I was talking about, man. <laughs> but I, I, I'll close with this because I have been reading this and I mentioned it at the very top of the podcast. But Calvin Watkins, who you know very, very well, he has a new book out that I just got. And I, I'm literally, I just started reading it yesterday, so I'm only a few chapters in. 
but it is called Behind the Scenes with the Dallas Cowboys at the NFL Draft. And it's a really interesting look at the first chapter was about Roger Staubach and like where the NFL and the franchise was and and led to his drafting and all that. The second chapter was about Ed Tutal-Jones. And for somebody like me, I mean, that was before my time, both those guys, obviously, and right. like you forget, like some of those old draft stories about are amazing. Yeah. What, like I'm like, no way. Like I did not realize that the NFL draft there didn't used to be a time like teams could just take as long as they wanted to pick. And the draft would last for days. Like the first round would last <laughs> like an like insanely long time until the team just decided like, like who was it? They, they were it might have been Stallback. They were waiting to draft somebody. And Gil Brandt wanted to make sure they got a good medical on the guy. So they basically just had to wait for the Cowboys to get an answer from this doctor that they had called and left a message for. And it took hours and hours for the doctor to call back so the Cowboys could verify that they wanted to draft this dude with the first pick. <laughs> and I was like, man, that is nuts. And, and so, you know, so far, the first couple of chapters, I mean, you learn a lot about <laughs> just these old school war room draft stories that are really, really cool. Dude, they're amazing, especially uh, when you're talking about guys who drafted in the NFL and in the AFL era, where mm-hmm. they're stashing players and yeah. hiding them and bribing them and all this other stuff. Yes, what, yeah, it talks about that in the first couple of chapters. And the fourth chapter is called The Triplets. So obviously, you know, it takes you through some of these behind-the-scenes stories of why they targeted certain guys. And just to really, like, like I didn't know at the history of Ed Tutal Jones, I didn't know he he basically did not play football until he got into college. Like he, he, he played in high school for a season, but he was so good at basketball. The basketball coaches didn't want him to get hurt. So they told the football coaches not to play him. Yep. So he goes to Tennessee state and they realized, wait, and they had him as a tight end and they were so short on the defensive side one time that they decided to play him on defense. They're like, Oh my God, this dude's a beast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, stories like that where I was like, man, these are, you know, what, what, just fascinating to kind of learn about some of those older guys like that, that I, I just, I mean, I know who they are, obviously I'm very familiar with their careers and the pros, but before they got there, I mean, I did, I had no idea about Ed Tutal Jones. Oh yeah, bro. No, it, it, these are all fascinating. Uh, Calvin's one of my best friends, probably my best friend, uh, did a heck of a job. I, he had a dinner celebrating him, uh, last uh, week, his wife put it on at Del Frisco. See big spenders. Nice. Look at uh, you. But I was out of town, so I, I was sorry I couldn't. I was sorry I couldn't go. But uh, he's done a hell of a job on it, man. Yeah, it's so far. It's been a good read. So I'll update you guys when I get through it. Maybe you know, for sure by the end of this week. I got to keep pace here. But that is our our Cowboys podcast, man. How about did you see Des Bryant bet ten thousand dollars in the Cowboys today, and he won thirty seven thousand dollars on his bet? Hey, I'm happy that Des has been out of the league. Two three years, and he's got ten thousand dollars to bet. Yeah, no doubt, man. And he just made thirty seven grand off of it. Well, that's good. So man. good for him. He believes in the Cowboys. Cowboys were favored. Yeah. The Cowboys were a seven point underdog, and he won that bet. So it's good to make money, I imagine, huh? Bro, tell me about it. Yeah, it is. Oh, so fantastic. Good for Des. By the way, did the the guy who said that Des was going to come back and and do all these numbers? Did you ever get your dinner from that guy? What you think, man? Nah, I figured you didn't. That's my man, Predator H2O. Ah, you remember? Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, maybe he'll pay up one day. Yeah, he was so convinced, Des would, and you had like the low bar, like the lowest bar ever of numbers. And he was like, oh, he'll be, he'll do this and this. And we're like, no, they won't. And he was supposed to be, if you won, he was supposed to take you to dinner and he never did. 
at a fancy steakhouse. Yeah, I remember that. You know, but you know, man, this is what happens. Um, you can be a fan, and you've got this big emotional investment, and you know these guys you've cheered for for years. Whereas I'm much more of an objective observer because I don't have the emotional investment, the attachment. And so sometimes it's just easier for me to see where it's going. Plus, you know, I've done this for a long time. So I've seen a lot of these stories about various players like Dez or similar to this guy or similar to that guy. And it's most of them go the same way. It's very rare that you have something that goes outside the norm in the National Football League. Yeah, so. So trust your boy when I tell you what's about to happen. Yeah, there it is. And we will be back. We will have another podcast for you dropping on Wednesday. Start looking ahead. Already two games into the Dallas Cowboys season, but they're one and one, which is better than I thought they would be after last Sunday. I feel I'm I'm not. Look, I, I'm still a little burned here. I'm still a little. I'm not sure what we're doing with the delusions and all that. But I'm I'm cautiously coming back around. Where you know what? I might open up my arms and, and give them a hug again. <laughs> I'm, How about them cowboys? I'm, I'm waiting. I'm not saying, hey, you know, we're going to make out tonight. I'm just saying, come here. All right. I'll, here's a hug. All right. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, still, I'm still hurt from last time, okay? I'm still hurt by all the things in, in the offseason, but you can make it right, so let's keep it going. Well, let's keep it real, man. It was a hell of a win by the Cowboys, a win I didn't think they were going to get. And so, um, you know, hey, next week um, they got the Giants. Because I take them one game at a time. There you go. Uh, and uh, it's a winnable game. Nobody say it'd be easy, but it's a winnable game. And uh, if they can take that one, man, maybe we can get something going. Sounds good to me. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a wonderful week. We appreciate you guys very much. As a matter of fact, I meant to mention this earlier, but those of you who are staying with us all the way to the very final end of the podcast, thank you very much because we shattered our all-time record for downloads in a day last week after the Cowboys first game I mean not even close just an, a new all-time record and you guys have been spreading the message telling your friends about it I, I know you've been retweeting about the link and all that and a, a lot of new people coming to the podcast it's great to have you here and we really appreciate that it goes a long way but that was that was awesome because we had our, our best single day ever and our best week ever on the podcast last week so thank you very much because that's all, all to you guys, man. Thanks so much for spreading the love and, and keeping it going with us. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.